0: ghost goblins and everyone in between. Welcome back to the Green Sticker Club. I'm Theo
1: and I'm Ezra and today we have a special Valentine's Day themed episode for you. We're looking at My Bloody Valentine, the original 1981.
0: Which, yeah, that's all I have for this movie.
1: So hon, would you care to enjoy your last few moments as a not marked individual?
0: Um, you know what? Yeah, I'll take those few moments anybody who likes me please moment of silence well
1: you sit there and contemplate on what you're about to put out into the world while i talk about this movie for a little bit so my bloody valentine 1981 came in towards the beginning wave of you know the slasher craze halloween had come out uh, a couple of years prior friday the 13th had just come out and that that's what really set the slasher wave into uh full swing. And My Bloody Valentine is a slasher movie that kind of rides the coattails of of holiday themed horror movies like Black Christmas and Halloween that came before it.
0: So with this movie we have the director is George... Ezra help me out. Uh, You're
1: gonna have to look somewhere else. I'm not gonna butcher this name.
0: Okay well please look up the name yourself because neither one of us is willing to butcher it. We have a rating of R, 92-minute runtime, and it's starring Paul Kelman, Lori Haler, and Neil Affleck.
1: Yep. Um, no relation to the Affleck uh, clan.
0: I actually already knew that because I looked it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do this a little differently. Of course, we are going to go over the plot of the movie, uh, but we're, we're going to, you know, rather than just give you a a long play of the movie, like a play-by-play, we're, we're going to go more into our thoughts on it. And going forward with the podcast, that's pretty much what the focus is going to be. If down the line we want to open up a Patreon and do like a uh, like a commentary track, that, that sounds like that could be fun. But for the podcast, we're, we're going to go into our actual thoughts on it.
0: More deep diving into what we thought and how this movie affects us as people.
1: So I'm going to be perfectly... Up front with you, My Bloody Valentine is not exactly one of my all-time favorites. I do have a pretty good respect for it, especially because we watched the extended version. Now, for those of you who don't (laughs) know, nine minutes of this film was cut by the MPAA, and this is before the MPAA went all slap-happy with trimming down slashers to basically nothing.
0: Those nine minutes were awful.
1: Well, we only got another two minutes.
0: I don't care. Those other nine minutes must have been even worse.
1: So what Lionsgate did is they added it was either two or three extra minutes that Paramount cut out. So fuck Paramount, Lionsgate is my best friend. Because where this movie greatly excels is the kills. And and Harry Warden, who is the villain of this movie, makes a very intimidating slasher.
0: This movie is just it.
1: Well, you see, that's what it's got going for it. Now, this movie is Canadian-made, and it is blatant in that. Uh, I will go over how Canadian this movie is as we trip through the plot, but I I, I do appreciate it because it's an authentic view of Canada. I, uh, it may come off a bit stereotypical, but God, it, it's very, very Canadian. If there's any Canadian listeners out there, shoot us an email. Like, Let, let us know how well you feel your country's been represented in this movie. Uh, it was filmed in Nova Scotia.
0: Nova Scotia. I love Nova Scotia.
1: It was filmed in Nova Scotia. And um, I forget the name of the mining town, but it was an actual mining town they filmed in. But we'll, we'll get into that further as we go along, too. But I, I feel it is a good entry in... Or a good entry coming from a country that normally doesn't have a whole lot as far as horror movies go. And that is starting to change. We're getting a lot of more Canadian film. I mean, Black Christmas is a Canadian film, but for a really long time, I could only count on one hand how many Canadian horror films there were.
0: One of the things I plan on keeping throughout this whole process is the what I knew before I went in and what I think before going in. So, what I knew before going into this movie was absolutely nothing. I'd never really seen anything about it, never really heard anything about it, which, judging from how Ezra reacted... Um, was weird. Now, what I thought about this movie from the description was Hallmark meets horror.
1: I mean, you're not too far off the mark there.
0: And actually, throughout this entire thing, as we go more into the deep dive of how we were feeling and stuff, you're gonna hear a lot from me on how I didn't like that aspect.
1: There is a whole romance subplot that just does not do it for me. And I get that it's kind of central to the plot.
0: Is it? Is it really? <sighs> well, he me- could have just been all their friend. It didn't need to be there. When
1: we get to the end, we'll discuss it further.
0: Okay. Um. As many of you have probably guessed by now, I didn't like this movie at all.
1: Yeah, I feel that's kind of sacrilege. It It, it is a revered classic uh, amongst fans. I mean, I still see Harry Warden cosplayers all over our conventions. Ice Nine Kills felt the need to write a song about it. It's, uh, Corpse Grinders' favorite song, you know, of Cannibal Corpse fame. Or, favorite movie, rather.
0: I can honestly say that a lot of what I didn't like about it has to do with psychology of this movie, and a little bit to do with Just the way they played things off. Now, I will say one of my biggest, like, ups for this movie was their actors and how well they did the shock grief look. That was amazing and awesome for me to get to see.
1: Oh yeah, it's a really well-acted movie for something so schlocky. Because the premise of this movie is, is downright fucking preposterous um but we'll get into that also when we go into the details of it but you know the long story short of it is oh yeah there's this cursed place where a bad thing happened and now nobody can do a certain thing because if you do you're gonna piss off the killer you've seen it before but have you seen it with a vengeance obsessed coal miner i don't think so
0: did we need to
1: Yes, he is an intimidating killer. That gas mask does it, his stance does it, the pickaxe does it.
0: I can say that he is an intimidating killer. The killer isn't what I have an issue with. It's actually, it's the rest of the story when it's not focusing on the kills or the killer.
1: I can agree with you there. The kills, like Harry Warden as a killer and the kills he pulls off in this movie are its strongest points. And the movie does get bogged down by all the other fluff that goes with it.
0: Yeah, like... As I said, I really, I did not enjoy this movie Um, in the same way that I don't enjoy most movies that I watch. I liked watching the movie. I would watch it again, but it's definitely not one of the ones that I would recommend to somebody, if that makes sense.
1: I'd still recommend it to people, particularly around Valentine's Day, because it
0: fits, I mean, around Valentine's Day, I guess. I mean, I still... We'll get into it.
1: Well, lucky for you, there's other Valentine's Day horror-themed movies, so...
0: Well, can't wait till next year when we can try something different.
1: It's downhill from here, hon. Oh, great. So, without further ado, let's, let us that'll wrap up our spoiler-free review. Uh, if you want to give a numerical value to it real quick to anybody who hasn't watched a movie and would like to go watch it. Two. Two, that is... That is rough. That is oof. I I would have to go a six and a half before I go a two. The movie has its merits and
0: Wait, are we going out of ten or out of five? Out of ten. Oh uh, wait, 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 wait. Then it's like a five and a half.
1: Okay, that that's a little better. The movie, Two is
0: if it's based off of a five scale.
1: I don't like doing numericals people will always ask for them though, because there's so much that goes into it. Like if we were doing a scale of one to 10, a 10 for the kills, a hundred percent. Yeah. If we were doing a scale of the killer, a 10 for the killer. If we were doing a scale for the actual plot, I would say a low two.
0: The killer and the kills definitely make this movie watchable. There was a point in time where I was just kind of hoping people would die because I'd rather see that.
1: You know what? We need to come up with an averaging system. I'll work on that. Okay. I like calculations.
0: I don't. So, all you, babe.
1: We'll get back to you guys on that. We'll post that on the Instagram, post that on the Twitter, post that on the uh, the, the, the FaceSpace or the MyBook or whatever the fuck they're calling it these days.
0: Facebook? Yeah, that thing. Okay, boomer.
1: Don't do this to me. Don't... <laughs> the other day, I saw somebody called Iron Maiden Dad Metal and I've never been more gravely offended. I mean... Don't you fucking dare agree with them. Alright. Well, it's been a good podcast, guys, (laughs) but I've got to lay my wife to rest now.
0: Excuse me. I do not appreciate this, and our cat is watching. She will be sad.
1: Our cat's passed out.
0: She will not be passed out if you kill her mother.
1: Alright, well, enough idle chit-chat. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew.
0: Absolutely.
1: Even you couldn't say no to that. So, we got our cold open, which I'm not quite fucking sure what it has to do with the rest of the movie. I think the entire premise of the movie was sold on this cold open, if I'm being truthful with you.
0: I will tell you right now, one of my big notes is this feels illegal.
1: Well, you know, I thought there were laws against sex with minors. But here we are.
0: If anybody needs a husband.
1: So, to elaborate, there's these two miners in a mine. One of them strips down, and it's a pretty blonde lady with a heart tattoo on her booby. The other miner doesn't want to strip down. They start to get busy with it, and he just kills her completely and utterly unprompted. Cute title card.
0: It felt like some weird illegal porno. I didn't appreciate it. And. That is the only time you will see tits in this entire movie, and you don't even get the full tit.
1: Anything close to tits.
0: Yeah. You don't even get the full tit. All you're getting is, like, the lacy bra. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong. Still pretty nice. But, we all know how I feel about tits.
1: But yeah, it's it's a weird cold open, and it doesn't really set the tone for the movie well either.
0: No, if anything, it made me more confused... When we went into not seeing the killer for like 30 minutes after this. Um, from the weird porno opening, you get the hi ho opening.
1: Yes. So uh, the, the whole movie set in the town of Valentine Bluffs.
0: Which, who came up with this name?
1: Mm-hmm. Some goober back in the day, some hoser. You know?
0: Stop talking. <laughs>
1: So, some some a hundred years ago is like, hey, let's let's call this place Valentine's Luffus, eh?
0: Quit making fun of people.
1: I'm not making fun of people. I'm just, i you know immersing myself.
0: I want a divorce if you're gonna keep talking like this. Did
1: I mention this movie's extremely Canadian? The way I, the way I just spoke is the way they all speak.
0: They're not that bad, hun. Okay, they were pretty bad, but still.
1: For all my Canadian listeners out there, let me just say in advance, I'm sorry.
0: I actually apologize on Ezra's behalf.
1: That's alright. Send me an angry letter, I'll give you a $5 gift card to Timmy's or something.
0: How are you going to find one of those? No, no, Amazon. God damn. Don't be What do you do if somebody if 500 people?
1: Well, uh, I, I guess I'm going to the debt to please the Canadians, eh?
0: Oh my god. So, we get to the Hi Ho opening. Which is just all of them loading into mine cars. hmm But all that was going through my head was the Snow White. Hi-ho, hi-ho, off to work we go.
1: Well, no, they're leaving work. Shh. They just clocked out and they're talking about the Valentine's Day dance. The first one in 10, 20 years.
0: Also, none of these people were dirty enough to be working in a mine.
1: Oh, no. If I had a nickel for every slasher movie... From the early 80s that introduced its characters at weird banjo music, I'd have two nickels. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice.
0: Yeah, I I wanted to know when I started watching the Duke boys. Like, I didn't know Dukes of Hazard was still running.
1: <laughs> because it happened to Friday the 13th the year prior, and it's happening now.
0: I don't understand the weird banjo music. If somebody could explain... That would be great.
1: Can somebody figure out what year Deliverance came out? Give me a second here. Okay, so yeah, 1972. There's no excuse. (laughs) Uh, One thing I do like about this whole little portion here is that there's some very nice establishing shots of the mining town that uh, fills in for Valentine's Bluffs.
0: Yes, I do like the establishing shots. I also really like the fact that you got a good view of the mine and like... All these different places that come in more later on.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So, all these miners meet up with their girlfriends at the rec center. The town is owned and operated by uh, Mr. Hanniger, who is the mayor, and he also Mm -hmm. runs the mine.
0: And he's TJ's dad?
1: Yeah, so he's the father of TJ, who is uh, an ex-miner who went out to the West Coast. I'm I'm guessing that means California or something, because there's this... I don't know what's out there in the west coast of Canada. I know most of you guys live in, uh, Ontario. So I don't know what's out there other than, you know, the Yukon. So I'm guessing he went to California and he ate shit out there, so he came crawling back to daddy.
0: And daddy's not happy with him.
1: He also had a girlfriend who he just up and left named Sarah. She's moved on, but now that he's back, he suddenly feels entitled to her.
0: Which, um, rude.
1: And, and here's where the movie's uh, weaknesses, is. The cracks start to form a little bit. There's this love triangle between the three characters. TJ, who left. Sarah, who's his ex. And the current boyfriend, uh, Axel. Axel. How did I forget that? A-X-L. Got it memorized. No E. That's a different Axel.
0: Your vexing is showing.
1: <laughs> so there's, there's this just fucking nauseating love triangle between the two of them.
0: It's really... Three of them. It's really where it starts to feel more like a Hallmark movie. Like, this, and even once we start talking about the ending, this is where it felt like a Hallmark movie to me. Like... And I just, I couldn't get past the Hallmark movie.
1: I feel like that they were filming a Hallmark movie and a slasher movie and they had to, like, they overbooked the soundstage and they had to share.
0: It didn't work. (laughs) At least for me. Again, you're going to hear me be really critical of this movie, where I don't feel like I've been that way yet, but the other movies that I was shown so far, I've really loved, and this one I don't want to pretend to love.
1: See, I give credit where credit's due. I'm not one of those diehards who is like, oh my god, My Bloody Valentine, it's one of like the seminal classics, like I could live without it, but I enjoy watching it, I would put it back on.
0: I think I'd watch it again just to see if maybe on a second watch through I'd feel differently about it, Um, which if that's the case and I do feel differently about it, I will come back on here at some point and admit my wrongs. Listen,
1: I'll just show you the 3D remake that came out in like 2008, 2009. It's going to seem like Citizen goddamn Kane after you watch that movie.
0: I don't do 2008 2009 remakes.
1: Friday the 13th wasn't bad. Friday the 13th was actually very good. I was shocked.
0: All right. Just because there's one diamond. It
1: is the exception and not the rule. I will give you that. Yeah. So anyway, they're all getting prepared. So it's it's the mayor and the police chief who's got a pipe in his hands constantly and I love him for that. One of the minor guys is like, "Oh, by the way, they uh, somebody left you something and it's a little heart." chocolate box. And then as they're driving off, he opens it up and it's a human heart. And I can only guess it's from the lady from the cold open.
0: Yeah, that's the only thing that would make sense because that's the only person we've seen dead. The poor dude just wanted some candy. I mean, goddamn.
1: So the mayor is like, oh my God, he's back. He's back. So this is where we get the, um, the all important backstory. And here's where the harbinger of doom comes in because all the miners go to the cage, which is a bar less kinky than it sounds. And uh, this this bar has its own personal Crazy Ralph as a bartender.
0: In which all of the members of our group, which this is one of the larger groups I've seen for a Slasher, mm-hmm. um, all of our members of the group are listening to him and it's a collective cool story bro, now pass me a beer.
1: Which is hilarious to me because this all happened like 20 years ago, most of these people were most likely infants or toddlers, like, they are not young children, so it's like, you were alive for these happenings, these goings-ons, and you're just totally incredulous about it, so anyway, the Harbinger of Doom, uh, I think his name's Happy, if I remember correctly, the, the bartender's name is Happy, he, he goes on to Harry Warren's backstory, and he's got a good backstory, I'm not gonna lie, um, you know, it, it's very derivative of Jason Voorhees, where, um, Somebody suffers because somebody whose job it was to make sure that the suffering did not happen was off busy getting pissed drunk or fucking or doing something.
0: That they didn't belong doing.
1: Basically, bad thing happened that didn't need to happen. The person who the bad thing happens to swears revenge. I'm, I'm grossly oversimplifying it, so let me break it down. Harry Warden and five other miners uh, were finishing up a shift in the mines on Valentine's Day the two supervisors who were supposed to be making sure that nothing bad happened just checked the fuck out early because they wanted to get to the Valentine's Day party.
0: Well, sadly, something bad happened. There
1: was a methane explosion because they were not monitoring the methane levels because they just fucking left.
0: Which, I'm positive, violates some sort of OSHA violation.
1: So I think it took him like 16 days to dig out Harry, and he was the only survivor, and he survived by eating the other, uh minors. He spent a year in an asylum.
0: Which, same bro.
1: Broke out and killed the two supervisors that weren't doing their fucking jobs. And Which, he,
0: once again, same bro.
1: And he swore revenge on anybody who ever celebrated Valentine's Day again in the town of Valentine Bluffs.
0: Which, I mean, with the name like Valentine's Bluffs, I mean, they they literally have a boner. For Valentine's.
1: Yes. It, it'd be like, um, telling Halloween Town they can't do their thing no more.
0: Jack Skellington's coming for you, Santa.
1: So yeah, he's got a good backstory. But again, these miners are just completely like, yeah, whatever, old man. That's just a myth. Harry Warden ain't real. It's like, motherfucker, you were alive for that. It wasn't that long ago. I could, that could be like, oh yeah, it was like 50 years ago. No, you were, you were alive for it.
0: Yeah. Um, also, something I want to mention... The human heart that we saw in The Valentine, I understand that this is an older movie, but I've seen better effects on lower budget films. I thought it
1: looked fine. It was serviceable. It didn't...
0: It wasn't great. You can tell it was foam.
1: So how would you put it on um, the inky, black, gooey heart from Jason Goes to Hell?
0: Listen, I like to just try to forget Jason Goes to Hell. That movie was... um, not as bad as Jason goes to space.
1: I liked, I liked Jason X. It was bad fun.
0: Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I had fun with it. I had fun making fun of it, but that's a different story.
1: So I want to point out. I think Moosehead Beer might have sponsored this fucking movie because they're yes. drinking it by the crateful.
0: I kind of want to try Moosehead Beer now because they seem to enjoy it a lot.
1: Good luck. It's Canadian, eh?
0: We can go to Canadia.
1: I'm not going to Canadia.
0: Why can't we go to Canada?
1: Listen, I can't get my hands on a Lone Star beer, and that and Texas is just a few fucking states over.
0: Okay, but I'd rather go to Canada than Texas. No offense to the Texans. It's just, you guys are just as hot as we are where I live, and I don't want that.
1: It's a dry heat. It's better.
0: No matter what, I don't want that. Canada it is.
1: Uh, so this movie is aggressively, aggressively, aggressively Canadian. It's embedded into the fibers of this movie to uh to the way they talk, to the setting, to the way they dress, to the food they eat and the beers they drink. It is Canadian to its core.
0: I didn't see any poutine.
1: Oh, I mean they they ate more than poutine. I think Can- I think Canada's the one that invented uh, you know, just pouring maple syrup into the snow and rolling it up like a snow cone.
0: I think they did and I will forever be indebted to them for that. We kind of get to a point where they're decorating, they're saying how great the decorations look, how awesome all of this looks. And we meet a lady. She's a nice old lady. Mm-hmm. Which means you know she's dead soon. And you'd be right. And this kill was just ew.
1: Uh see this is Well, first there's something that happens before that. They're they're out at the junkyard cooking food on a fucking car engine. Yeah,
0: I I liked to forget
1: that is that a canadian thing folks or are they just a bunch of weirdos
0: i feel like that's the same thing with like hillbillies here
1: it's that hoser behavior truthfully i don't know what a hoser is i just know it's an insult
0: you shouldn't be saying insults you don't know what they mean you could be calling our viewers slurs
1: (laughs) it's not a slur i know it's not a slur i think it's got something to do with hockey if i remember correctly I could be entirely wrong. I could be pulling this out of my ass, but I think it's got some, I think it's hockey terminology. But yeah, they're, they're cooking food on a car engine. We get a whiskey jump scare.
0: Ah, whiskey jump scare and then harmonicas.
1: Mm-hmm. Gratuitous harmonica solo.
0: I, I loved it. Once again, though, didn't know I was watching the Dukes of Hazzard meets Hallmark meets Horror.
1: Well, then it goes right back into the Hallmark territory because the two boys have a Have a bit of a row over over Sarah. Because, you know, TJ feels entitled to her even though she's moved on. And Axel's like, well, maybe you should just lay the hell off of her. And never once do these two morons have a thought in their head that maybe she can make her own decisions.
0: Um, I mean, my entire thought process while we were, like, watching that part was, wow, TJ, go off. Because, like, he's literally just whining. Just whining.
1: He spends most of the movie just whining.
0: He's annoying. But going back very quickly, because it's kind of bouncing back and forth between mm-hmm. the laundromat scene and this scene. And I really liked the blue washers in the laundromat. <laughs> I really, really liked them. Like, those things were damn cool. Like, it's something that I've gotten hung up on, are these blue washing machines. Because that, that color just doesn't exist in home appliances nowadays.
1: No. So anyway, Mabel runs this laundromat. She's the nice old lady who is helping decorate the rec center. But because she's celebrating Valentine's Day, she's committed an unspeakable, heinous crime. She might as well have committed an unforgivable curse.
0: And so she's, um, she's most likely dead now.
1: We cut back to the chief who is doing research because they automatically assume it's Harry Borden, and rightfully so. So they call up the asylum they dropped his ass off at, and they're like, we ain't got no records of him. Which, the, the lady's like, which means he was either released, or he's dead. Or transferred. Now, I'm not a mental hospital worker, but I feel like if any of those things happened, you would still have records of that individual.
0: Or at least you should, unless you're trying to hide something.
1: Like, that, that just seems like piss poor record keeping.
0: Someone needs to lose their job.
1: And I know they did it for plot contrivances, but still, it's like, that's that's piss-poor record-keeping.
0: Somebody's losing their job. I don't
1: care where you're from. (laughs) Now, the chief heads over to Mabel's laundromat. He does a bit of looking around, sees that the place has been torn up. hears one of the dryers tumbling.
0: Smells a weird smell.
1: Smells a weird smell. He sniffs his pipe, because he's like, is that my fucking pipe? Poor man. He opens up the dryer, and Mabel's fucking... Extra, steamy, charred-up corpse tumbles out of it. Now, this is... The movie excels greatly at special effects. Sometimes. I think it does very well.
0: I'm still knocking points for that heart. They did such cool effects everywhere else, and that heart just didn't look real at all. They
1: ran out of money. Honestly, that's probably what happened. They probably ran out of money.
0: They should have spent less money on harmonicas.
1: They only needed the two.
0: Still should have spent less money on harmonicas, or less money on beer.
1: But I'm 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 really glad they released the extended cut, because for a very long time, this footage was considered lost. It wasn't until Lionsgate chopped it back together and re-released it that uh, we got the full picture. And you'll notice if you watch it today that some of the footage is a little grainy. It's because they didn't fully remaster it. I noticed that on this watch through, it looks cleaner than it did the last time I saw it. So I'm guessing they might have remastered it, but it it might have just been from a work print, so they couldn't just fully take care of it. But you'll always know when a um when an originally cut scene is coming up because it'll get a little grainy.
0: And um this scene is just ew. Something I will give this movie is its kills. They're graphic, they're gross, and quite honestly terrifying from you know, and if I was in this situation kind of way.
1: Now, mayor, uh, mayor Hanniger doesn't want word to get out that she was murdered. Uh, the official story is it's a heart attack. So they cart her out the back and they don't let anybody know. Now,
0: I don't want to have that kind of heart attack.
1: Yeah, that kind of heart attack that makes you stuff yourself in a dryer.
0: Yeah, just really want to stay away from those.
1: <laughs> now, to his credit, he does cancel the dance. He's not like the mayor from Jaws where he's like, fuck it, we'll do it live. The dance is still happening. No, this dude is like, maybe we should just give this guy what he fucking wants.
0: Smartest, smartest character in a slasher movie I've met.
1: So uh, they put out word the dance is canceled. No dances, no parties. There's basically a curfew out on Valentine's Day.
0: Nobody really likes this, but they don't do anything about it yet. And then we cut to another scene of TJ basically dragging Sarah into his car. Oh, no,
1: it was a kidnapping. She 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 out. She explicitly says, I don't want to come with you. And he's like, I don't care, and drags her into the car. And this is where the Hallmark portion of the movie kicks it into high gear.
0: But that being said, one of the things I did mention in my notes was, wow, girl, for not wanting to go with him, you're not putting up a fight.
1: Way to blame the victim, hun. Um,
0: is she a victim? Really?
1: By the end of the movie, yes. Very much so. Text That's
0: book. not his fault. <laughs> No, is it?
1: She is the final girl. If that wasn't made abundantly clear. So, they have their little hallmark scene, and this is where I just mentally checked out of the movie. I I, I, I put no notes down, because he apologizes for leaving, and I... Do, do you remember what happens there?
0: Basically, it turns into a, that's your ex, but she's your friend's girl now, but you want her back? Kind of trope.
1: I'm glad you were paying attention, because I was just not there. And then we go back to the bar, and then there's more Moosehead.
0: And I remember somebody was like, shut up. Two people said shut up at the same time.
1: Yeah, I think they were telling the clown to shut up.
0: And then the clown decided they were going to have a party. Yeah,
1: because you know how every, every slasher movie, particularly from this time period, has to have the fucking clown? Yeah. Yeah, they discuss having a party in the mine... And of course, Happy is like, "Are you guys fucking stupid? stupid? Like, one, you're having a party to begin with—that's already a bad idea. And then two, you're just doing it in the belly of the beast." But they're like, "Well, we got a rec center out there. We got a pool table." And
0: you were told no parties. Immediately throws a party.
1: Yeah, they ignore Crazy Ralph or Happy. Happy decides he's gonna set up a trap, like a like a like a Scooby Doo style booby trap to spook him. Right? He he Jerry rigs a fake. Harry Warden in, what is that, a fucking bathroom? Or?
0: I don't know. It's some sort of area that they would be walking into. And he he's so happy with his handiwork.
1: He keeps checking it like five times because he's either he's just like really amused by it or he has no object permanence, but he keeps checking to make sure it works.
0: And the last time it works just a little too well.
1: Yeah, because the real Harry Warden's there. Even though this guy is he's kind of being an agent of Harry Warden, so I don't know why why he's so pissed. He should let him continue to do his work. I don't know. But anyway, Harry gets him in the neck, like right through the bottom jaw, right? With the with the pickaxe. You can't see what I'm doing. And then it comes out his eye and it just kind of like forces the eyeball out. Which,
0: again, ew.
1: And I think this is tied with the best kill in the movie. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what the other kill is when we get to it, but it was a very impressive effect. One, I would like to know how they pulled off. I...
0: I, I need it to be known bold and italicized. Ew.
1: Because you see that shit go in. So unless they did like a really quick cut and had the actor who played Happy sit perfectly fucking still, I don't know how they did it.
0: We'll probably never know. So the sheriff at this point gets another box.
1: And I'm assuming it's filled with Happy's guts or something?
0: No. It was filled with chocolate from Mabel. Oh, She yeah. actually wanted him to be her valentine. That's
1: that's sad. That made me sad. And he
0: was sad, and I was sad, and this movie was very rude. This was the only Hallmark bit of this movie that I enjoyed. And then we cut back to the party.
1: Yeah. So there, there's there's stupid, and then there's like, stupid, stupid. Like, you know how Slasher movie characters, they have to act stupid for the plot to work. The, this was just unreasonable levels of stupidity. Like, yes, they didn't know that Harry was actually out about killing people. I'm sure if they did, they would have stayed the fuck at home. But...
0: Why go to a mine? Like, that's also just not the right like, place to have a party.
1: Yeah, there's, there's stupid decision making, and then there's just baiting disaster. Tempting fate.
0: Like, I think you should have had the party at the junkyard before the mine...
1: Because, like, even if Harry, even if Harry Warden wasn't real, let's just say you removed him from the equation entirely. They just decided to have a party in a mine.
0: On private property. Dangerous. Dangerous private property. Also, this is something that bothered me during the movie, um, a lot. There are two characters. I believe one of them is named Danny, and then the other is TJ. Mm Mm-hmm. They look really similar to where I was actually getting confused for a while on who was who and things weren't making sense because I'm like, why the hell did that... But that character wasn't doing that five seconds ago. Uh-huh. So, there's, there's a
1: few characters that look very similar. Like the clown and TJ look the same.
0: The clown and TJ, I was, I was able to tell them apart, but Danny and TJ, I could not tell apart.
1: Is he the one who gets uh?
0: He's the hot dog face. Yeah,
1: hot dog face.
0: Which is actually the next kill we get to talk about.
1: Context, yes. So he he uh he goes out into the kitchen, and I think this is the weakest kill in the movie.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: One, the editing is fucking weird.
0: The editing was strange. The whole way that they had it set up was strange. Um, and I also just want to know who put the hot dogs on to boil. Like, who boils hot dogs? Is this a Canadian thing?
1: Honey. How do you think your hot dogs are cooked when you get them off the cart?
0: But it's different, because it's not.
1: They're boiled.
0: I understand that they're boiled, but who just puts them in a giant stew pot when there's like six hot dogs in there?
1: Weenie boils are, are, are also normal.
0: Six hot dogs in a giant stew pot. I've looked. There was only like six of them. They didn't need to be in there.
1: So, what I mean by weird editing is, one second he's checking on the weenies, and then the very next, like, it's like a flash cut. Like, they lost the footage in between this. Yeah. Harry's got his head in the weenie bucket. Like, there's no, like, there's no setup. Like, you know, normally if I were directing this, and this is probably what happened if they lost footage, but what I would do is I would have him check the pot, you know, lift the pot handle up like that, put it back down. And then when he puts the pot handle down, Harry's standing behind him, right? Mm-hmm. That's a great setup for it. And then Harry grabs him by the head and dunks his face in. What happened was he checks the pot and then, still from that angle, all of a sudden, he's his head is in the water. Like, there was no setup.
0: Yeah, it just... It was a
1: weird, weird, weird edit. It, it
0: wasn't... It wasn't as good as it could have been. And as Ezra said, definitely one of the weakest kills in the movie. I
1: think the weakest. Because on top of that, there's the gore is non-existent. Like, I think the cold open kill was better than that, because at least you see the spike go through her.
0: There is another kill later on that I think is... Um, would have been definitely the worst kill of the movie, had it actually succeeded.
1: So yeah, Harry Harry kills and stows this guy away, and nobody manages to see.
0: Which I'm very sad because I did like Babyface.
1: Uh, more love triangle crap. Uh, I think it's Axel who's boozed up a little bit.
0: Yeah, and then he's
1: he's got his beer muscles on.
0: They get into an argument, and then Axel goes out and cries like a baby.
1: With a masterful beer crack, though. That was fluid. That was, like, a gracefulness ballerina. Because he, in one fell swoop, he just... And then he does, like, a little 180 pirouette, and he just kicks that door open. Uh, if like if there was an Olympic sport for, like, dramatics, he'd probably get, like, a 10 from me.
0: And then he's sitting there crying on the bench by himself.
1: Oh, ugly crying, too.
0: Yeah, he's not a pretty crier.
1: It's at this point where I'm just... I'm entirely over it. I can't do it with this shit anymore. And Sarah says something that just, it resonated with me. She says, and I quote, I just don't care anymore. And I'm like, me too, Sarah. I just don't care about this love triangle anymore. It's
0: just, it's, they did too much of it. It was, it felt shoehorned in. And it's actually why for me that this movie has such a low, low rating. Because it didn't feel cohesive. The kills were amazing. The rest of the plot sucked. Like, hardcore.
1: So, as that's happening, there's another little vignette where they're in the... uh, There's these two people in the equipment shed or something like that.
0: They're in the place where all the miners get naked and clean themselves.
1: Oh, the showers. Yeah. That's the word.
0: (laughs) That was a word.
1: But also equipment, because, like... There's just pre-rigged mining suits ready to go at the pull of a string.
0: Well, where would you put them? Where you shower? So that you could just pull it down.
1: And, you know, they're they're getting... Frisky. And I'm like, oh, sure, let's fuck in the mine. Let's, like, that, e- even more...
0: I mean, at least they didn't fuck in the mine.
1: I get it, but it's like they know about Harry Warden. I, I guess- th- They th- don't
0: believe in Harry Potter. This Warden. is
1: typical slasher stupidity. I this can let is this go.
0: typical slasher stupidity and horny teenager stupidity.
1: We get a, I'll be right back.
0: Wait, wait. This is the one time, though, that I can say that they mentioned safe sex. Yes. And there was a condom involved. Well, there would have been a condom involved.
1: Also, in a weird uh 180- the guy who says, I'll be right back, actually lives.
0: Albeit, he's traumatized.
1: Yeah. He's fucked up. Because, um...
0: His traumatized look is actually, like, creme de la creme, peak perfection. He's an amazing actor, just for being able to pull off that shocked grief of, oh my fucking god, what just happened?
1: So, before we get to that, uh, I they go back to the actual, like break room or whatever it is where they're holding the actual party tj's shirt is getting progressively more unbuttoned
0: what is tj trying to do like
1: throughout the movie he's just been losing buttons like he started off looking like the brawny guy because he's in flannel because he's a canadian miner, and now he's looking like fabio on the cover of one of those harlequin romance novels
0: go off tj i guess
1: i'll be right back dude narrowly misses a body in the fridge because that's where harry stored the weenie boil victim
0: so awful. Poor Danny.
1: Uh, it's at this point that Harry's terrorizing...
0: His girlfriend, Sylvia.
1: Yeah, the girl he left in the showers. Um, she's freaking out because all the mining gear is dropping, and that's the worst possible thing that can happen to anybody.
0: Well, I think it just scared her, and she thought it was him trying to scare her. And then comes one of, I think, the coolest kills.
1: I think this is tied with the happy kill.
0: Yeah, this was just such an awesome kill. So, what it is, is she, Sylvia, sees Harry, and then all of a sudden, mind you, Harry turned on all the showers.
1: Mm-hmm, and he dropped all the suits, so he did that shadow clone jutsu.
0: And then he pushed Sylvia up onto one of the shower heads.
1: Into the shower head, and, like, impaled her skull on the shower head, and she became a human shower head.
0: And, again, Ew. But, damn.
1: And great dead body effects when he finds her. Like, I've committed a horrible crime by not finding out the effects artist of this movie. Give me a moment. Because they deserve recognition.
0: Minus that heart. Let the heart go. I won't.
1: There's not a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about this. Oh, Uh, It was the Sydney Mines in Nova Scotia. So, there's that little tidbit for you. Okay, so, I just did uh, some light research on this, so I'm just going to share a couple of things with you. Impart some wisdom that I just learned myself. So, uh, they did actually film in a mine, I knew that. The mine was 2,700 feet below ground. And uh, due to the methane levels, they had to be very careful with the amount of lights they used. Because... They could go boomski. Boomski. Now, the mine owners, uh, in an attempt to be helpful, cleaned up the mine and made it look brand spanking new to the point where the owners cleaned it up, leaving it described as a clean and colorful Disneyland-like set, which means they spent about $30,000 dirtying it back up to make it look like an actual used mine. So... A, for effort for the mine owners, they were trying to be nice, but they actually just made everybody's lives a lot harder.
0: Well, technically, I think they also made their lives probably a little bit safer, because they shouldn't be, like...
1: Breathing that shit in?
0: Yeah, breathing in all that crap.
1: Uh, the crew also kept the identity of the killer a secret uh, until end of production when the final scene was shot, which I think is pretty neat.
0: Yes. Now, did you find who did the effects?
1: I I have not found who did the effects. There, You know, there's all this information... Yeah, no. I just... If anybody knows, let me know, because I'm turning up empty.
0: Anyway, so it's at this point, before anybody is found, so Sylvia or Danny, that they're trying to cheer Sarah up. And they think, what a better idea to cheer somebody up than to drag them down into the mine.
1: Yeah, let's go down in the mine. That just sounds like a great idea. Fucking imbeciles. They... They just all, they, they all grab their girlfriends and they go down to the mine, which is a huge safety violation. Again, even if Harry Warden wasn't skulking around, I don't know if Canadians have OSHA or an equivalent to OSHA, but it's violating something. It's violating my common sense.
0: It's violating everybody's common sense. Also, because Sarah no longer had a guy to be with, because she screamed at both of them, mm-hmm. she went with Harold or
1: Howard. Howard.
0: His name's Howard. There's
1: a lot of huzz in this movie.
0: I really don't like Howard.
1: Well, he's the clown.
0: I really don't like Howard.
1: So yeah, they start traipsing through the fucking mine.
0: Two of them go off to go get frisky. Exactly. Which, I need to go off for a minute. Even if, even if you want to be like, oh, it's romantic or it's exciting because that's where he works or anything like that, think of the STIs.
1: Oh, yeah, you're getting something.
0: You're you're catching something down there.
1: I don't know if a hoo-hawking a black lung, but you're going to find out. <laughs> Ew. Ew. So, me- meanwhile, topside, they finally discover the, the weenie boil fridge body. And Sylvia. Yeah, at the same time. How convenient.
0: Which, again, you get to see Sylvia's boyfriend, who isn't named, I don't believe. You get to see his expressions. And, oh, my God. His expressions are amazing.
1: Yeah, he he acted his ass off. They all did. They all did a really great effort in this movie.
0: Except Howard. Harold.
1: L- Listen, he did his thing. It's just what he was directed to do. He was directed to be the fucking clown and the selfish prick.
0: I still hate him.
1: So yeah, now they believe in Harry Warden.
0: And now they panic.
1: And now they all peel out of there at mock Jesus.
0: Run, dumbass, run is actually something I decided to write down.
1: More clown foolery in the mines. Actually, a very eerie scene of uh, Harry stalking through the mines and smashing the lights out one by one.
0: Which was a very cool scene.
1: Because they hear the noise. Like, they hear him smashing out the lights. And you hear it getting closer. And I think that's a really eerie scene. Because the actor who plays Harry, he carries himself with some extreme menace.
0: Yeah, he does.
1: Uh, The chief's on his way back to the mine... Because he almost went to go investigate the mine, and then something pulled him away. I think he got a phone call from the asylum.
0: And then he found another heart.
1: Yeah, and then he found giblets, I'm guessing. It was very, very, very bloody. There were stray dogs trying to eat it.
0: But what it said was, you didn't stop the party.
1: And he's just screaming into the void, like, what goddamn party?
0: (laughs) Another very, um, Duke boys moment. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. They stumble upon the two who wandered off to go do the do and, with a less than stellar off-screen drill um, kill.
0: You did forget to mention, at this point, that Axel and
1: TJ PJ
0: had come down.
1: Yeah, they go down to the mine and start
0: trying to get their friends out. out and everything like that. And then, for whatever reason, they think it's smart to leave Howard in charge.
1: Yeah. They leave dipshit clown bag Howard.
0: I really hate this man.
1: Because Hollis, who is a character I like a lot.
0: I liked Hollis. I always thought he was cool, other than the fact that he agreed to take them down to the market. Yeah,
1: stupid decision making, but he's got a fun little mustache, and he seems like a jolly guy, fun, fun to be with.
0: He also was the one who was um, barbecuing stuff on the radiator. Yes.
1: Uh, so he finds the two who were killed in the off-screen drill kill.
0: Which, I don't think the Driller Killer comes out for a couple more years. No,
1: in fact, I think the Driller Killer owes Harry Warden royalties. <laughs> and then we get a much better kill with, uh, with the nail gun.
0: With Hollis. Mm-hmm. Which, um, while it was a good kill, it hurt me.
1: I liked him. He, he also clinged on just long enough to stumble out to the rest of the people.
0: So that they could then panic.
1: Yeah, Howard panics and runs off like a pansy bitch.
0: Which is part of the reason I hate him.
1: Like, he literally abandons the two girls to die. (laughs) My notes get a little sparse here, but, um, I think it's Axel shows up to get the girls to safety, and then they meet up with With TJ TJ after Axel clobbers him with a shovel.
0: And TJ's like, what the hell?
1: Yeah, he says, what the hell? They go to take the emergency cage out. Which is the way they came in?
0: Which, this entire time, Hollis's girlfriend, I don't remember her name, is crying God. and whining. And, you know, I understand that that is also definitely how somebody would act if somebody they love died. But I wanted her to shut the fuck
1: up. No, this is Barbara from Night of the Living Dead level hysterics. Like, you know that, that period where she goes from being a character to... Absolutely hysterical to catatonic. She's in the hysterical phase, and she never leaves it, and it's irritating.
0: It's so irritating.
1: So the only way to get up is to climb, and they—I think they only get so far before.
0: Before Howard's.
1: I'm sorry because it's such a grim kill, but dude got hung so hard that like when the line went taut, he just straight got decapitated and then his body just fucking lands with a
0: like, it's comical. Oh my God. I wouldn't call it comical. It's the thud. The thud is kind of comical.
1: It's the thud that but makes me... But you laugh.
0: know what? It was one of the most satisfying kills. Not as satisfying as our next kill, but pretty satisfying.
1: Oh, this, this kill left me blue-balled. What are you talking about satisfying?
0: I was happy with it. I was just happy to stop having to hear her voice.
1: So, I do want to stress that they filmed this in an actual mine. So anyway, Axel falls into some water. Or at least we believe him to fall into water. He does it off-screen. And TJ's like, well, we can't do anything that's like 67 feet deep. And they just leave him. He disappears.
0: Which, to me, is the sh- crappiest kill in this movie.
1: So does TJ. TJ vanishes.
0: He doesn't really vanished yet. He catches back up with everybody. He goes to go check something. You hear him get... Clobbered? Clobbered. And then he just dis- Like, he dips.
1: Now, here's with the kill that got me blue-balled. A uh, hysterical screaming girl gets a very lame pickaxe to the gut, and that's it.
0: But she's, at least, she's dead.
1: She's quiet now.
0: Which is all I needed from her. And this is when, at least for me, it was kind of like, let the final girl circuit begin. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the fact that there wasn't really a final girl circuit.
1: Yeah, not much of a circuit, because she was, like, discovering the bodies as they were happening. Yeah. Uh, TJ shows back up. They get on the minecart cart to go back up. And a brawl between TJ and Harry breaks out.
0: Which, sorry, but one of the things that bothered me about this brawl between the miner, between Harry and TJ, was it felt like it was in slow-mo. Oh,
1: yeah, because they're wielding heavy-ass pickaxes and shovels. Like, it's not a very satisfying action sequence.
0: No, it was, it actually took me very far out of the immersion of the movie
1: one thing that is funny and I really hope the actress didn't get hurt doing this because it looked like it fucking hurt she jumps off of the cart and slams face first into the wall Donk. like with that inertia going from jumping off the cart like she had to have broken a tooth if that wasn't like a stunt like I really hope she didn't get hurt doing that because that looked like that hurt like if Donk. if she didn't actually get hurt she sold it really well yeah yeah we yeah, have very slow mining cart tool fight. We get to the point where they're almost to the surface, and they they all jump off the cart, and then we get to reveal who the killer is. Uh, if you've been paying attention right now, the list of suspects is very narrow. It's Axel.
0: Actually, while I was watching it, I never suspected Axel being the killer. I did expect. I did um, think it was TJ for a while.
1: Well, they never really position it as a who done it because the entire time you're led to believe that it's actually Harry yeah. Warden who broke out.
0: But. At, at this point, I was just like, could it be TJ instead of Harry? And then I never thought Axel, though. But it turns out that um, Axel's father was one of the people that Harry Warden had killed.
1: Yes, one of the negligent supervisors. And Axel saw the whole thing. So now he's traumatized, which would later go on to be stolen by Silent Night, Deadly Night. So it's it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> so, you know... Black Christmas started the whole thing. Halloween stole from Black Christmas. Friday the 13th stole from Halloween. My Bloody Valentine stole from Black Christmas and Halloween. And now you got Silent Night Deadly Night stealing from My Bloody Valentine.
0: Everybody steals from everybody.
1: Most of the slasher craves was just a series of thefts.
0: Yeah. That being said, one of the closing sequences for this movie is Axel taking off his own arm and kind of laughing like a (laughs) leprechaun in the distance.
1: So yeah, uh, Sarah runs over to Axel because he survived and they're, like, they're trying to get him out because the the shaft collapsed in their scuffle. He slices off his own arm with a pocket knife, 127 hours style, and then he just gets up and he, like, gallops off into the night.
0: Like, Rumpelstiltskin his way out of there. And he's, like, he's legit going crazy during this, and, um... They should have just filled in that mine at that point. Just leave him there.
1: And he name drops the name of the movie. And then the movie ends.
0: Yeah, Sarah, be my bloody Valentine.
1: Uh, Roll credits. Uh, The Ballad of Harry Warden plays over the credits, which is kind of a bop.
0: A little bit. Yeah. I
1: like it. That That's the movie. That's the long and short of it. So, now that we've gone through the spoilers, do you want to pick out some highlights? Stuff you like? Stuff you didn't like?
0: Well, I actually wrote my final thoughts this time beautiful. And my final thoughts was Hallmark meets Horror meets Duke Boys. Like, this movie didn't know what it was trying to be in my mind. It felt like it was kind of pulling itself in different directions. And the psychology of this movie doesn't show you what anybody was scared of during the time that this was filmed, because nobody's afraid of... Unless you want to go that people were afraid of love, and
1: Well, I think that's a stretch. The slasher movies of the 80s were very shallow attempts at cash. Now, that's not being said that this movie wasn't made with love. You can tell that people cared about this movie. It's just, I don't think that there was anything... Like, it's not that deep.
0: Well, most horror movies at least have some inkling of it. And to not have that kind of messed this movie up for me, which is why I think I'm rating it so low.
1: You can trace it back to the cornerstones of slasherdom. You know, teenage sexuality, even though these are more young adults. Um, See, but
0: that's exactly it. You lost the teenage sexuality. You lost the satanic aspect. You lost...
1: Well, I mean, you've also got the shirking responsibilities. A lot of this stuff is very Reagan-esque even though it's made by people who are very not Reagan friendly. You know, it's, it's a weird contradiction. It's a weird paradox.
0: Altogether, it just it didn't have enough for me to really dig into, which is what I like to do with movies is I like to dig into the background and all that kind of stuff and kind of see the messages that weren't really written plainly. And this one didn't have any messages like that. So it was kind of boring for me.
1: Well, unfortunately, when it comes to slashers, particularly of this time period, if you're looking for something deep, you're not going to find it, because a lot of them are just carbon copies.
0: See, it didn't even have to be deep, but at least with Halloween, there is the, there's a little bit of that mentality. You get to see the mentality when you look at what it did to those kids.
1: Well, Halloween's the granddaddy of them all.
0: Um, I haven't seen Black Christmas or... Silent Night, Deadly Night.
1: Silent Night, Deadly Night is even more brain-numbing than this movie.
0: I'm so not looking forward to this. You guys are going to hear a lot of Although BS.
1: there, there's a few more things in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, there, there's, uh, like, they tackle religious trauma, believe it or not, in Silent Night, Deadly Night.
0: See, and that that's what I like to see. I like to have it where you're kind of knowing more about the characters and about the time that... The movie was made.
1: It's just when you slap a veneer of a murderous Santa Claus on it, it kind of loses some of its poignancy.
0: Listen, murderous Santa.
1: Now, that's not, I'm not one of those people who thinks like every single movie I watch needs to be cerebral, have a deeper message. There's a lot of movies where I just want to switch my fucking brain off. Driving movies, you know?
0: Yes, but I'm fine with it not having this whole bigger, deeper message, but it had no depth behind it. This movie had zero depth behind it.
1: So, for me, it had two out of the three Bs. You had blood, you had beasts, you ain't had no breasts. So, I gotta dock your points there.
0: I don't know. It just, it didn't feel, it really felt like it didn't know what it was trying to be. Like you said earlier, like, the studio double booked.
1: So, how would you you feel about it if they just really leaned into that cheese?
0: I think I'd be more okay with it. But this is just, I don't know, it felt confusing. The kills were amazing. The character creation, like, the character creation and development, amazing. But the actual movie coming all together felt lacking.
1: So it's not a perfect one for me. Um, If I'm I'm looking for a drive-in movie, there's others that I'll reach for first. But if it's somebody's first time watching it, or if I'm in the... Like, if i am got a wild hair at my ass and I'm in the mood to watch it, or if it's Valentine's Day, you know, like, why we're doing it now, then I'll pop it on. It's an enjoyable little flick. I like Harry Warden. I like the kills. And I could fast forward through the obnoxious love triangle bullshit.
0: As a... I don't know. It just... This really wasn't one of those hits for me. Which is a cool piece to finally see something that I didn't love. Because most of the horror movies I've seen, I've loved. My favorite, one of my favorite horror movies is actually one of my least favorite horror movies, which is Reanimator. I love Reanimator for the story aspect, I love it for the characters, I hate it for the sound design. <laughs> and it's just because they did the sound design too good, half that movie I spent wanting to puke.
1: You see, I'm, I'm happy that we're finally getting a, a review with some dissenting opinions, because up, up until now, we've largely agreed on everything.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's going to come with most of it, because we have been together for quite a long time, so you kind of know what I like.
1: I've kind of molded you at that, too. Yeah. But uh, I like to think I'm kind of, I like to think I am an excellent curator. I'm very good with horror movie recommendations.
0: Most of the horror movie recommendations you've given me, I've loved. Lost Boys, definitely a example of that. I mean,
1: I should hope so. We have a literal shrine on our wall now. But yeah, uh email me if you want a recommendation. Like I'll do them for free.
0: Don't email me for recommendations. I'm gonna give you like one of three movies.
1: So, uh we got our totals. Harry Warden is a very creative killer. We've got clothes dryer foo, showerhead foo, drill foo, hot dog water foo, mining gear foo, and of course, pickaxe foo.
0: We also have nine kills. This time, no jump scares, really, unless you count the whiskey. Is that right? Ava wanted to have some bits in here. And zero breasts, unless you're counting the lacy things, which I am not.
1: No, those don't count. Those do not count. The closest thing I will count. So, I've got a 90% rule, right? So, if you see most of the titty, and it's covered up by, like, a nipple pasty, I'll give you that.
0: No. No. I will give it to them. Nope.
1: I will give it to them.
0: No. My thing is, most of it could be covered, but if you could at least see the nipple, like the outline of the nipple, I'll give it to them then.
1: So if there's like, like say it's a star-shaped pasty and there's a little bit of areola peeking out, does that count for you? Yeah, that counts. Okay. That's a good compromise. Ava's got opinions.
0: Ava, I don't know if she liked this movie or if she didn't.
1: So, yeah, uh, that's about the long and short of it. I liked it. Theo did not so much. But that's the way it we is. is. We're, we're going to have dissenting opinions. And I'm glad that I'm kind of broadening us a little bit. Because if it was just us constantly agreeing forever, it'd be a boring podcast.
0: We'll find something that we really don't agree on, and then you guys will be very confused.
1: Next month, you don't gotta be a genius to figure out what it is. It's the movie of my people, The Leprechaun.
0: Why do you have to be like this?
1: I'm the Leprechaun! Don't touch me, Pot of Gull!
0: Well, you guys now know what you're in for next week, or next month, not next week. Do not expect two of these in a week.
1: So yeah, Leprechaun is gonna be the next one. Obviously, because it's Saint Patty's Day. I don't know of any Easter based horror movies. Do uh, you have any
0: April Fool's Day based? We
1: sure do.
0: Well, then it looks like we're doing April Fool's Day instead of Easter.
1: That sounds fine to me because I don't know of any Easter based horror movies. Listen, if there if there is a movie out there where Jesus rises again and goes on killing spree, please let me know. Holy fuck, let me know.
0: I'd also like to watch that movie.
1: But yeah, we could do April Fool's Day after that. You know what? I might just put a schedule out on um, out on the Facebooks, out on the Twitters, out on the Insta. I We're going to be a lot more active on Insta. I'm going to be basically doing a mass batch post of all of our rankings that I've neglected to do. I'm going to start putting pictures of us up. I'm going to start putting like activities up. Stuff to engage with you guys, because uh, we'd like to hear from you. Spe- we'll
0: show you our cat.
1: We'll show you our kitty cat. Speaking of uh, socials, you can find me as a terrestrial uh, on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. Don't know how much longer I'm be on Twitter, though. That place is a hellhole. Green Sticker Club is going to be on Green Sticker Club Podcast or just Green Sticker Club. That's also on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, we have a Twitter? We have a Twitter. It's untouched. It is untouched.
0: I was about to say, I didn't make a Twitter,
1: I made it. It's untouched. I basically use it to, to reach out to potential people who want to, you know, talk. Oh. Uh, we do have a store. You guys know about that. We're Graveyard Shift Creations on almost everything. Graveyard Shift Gifts on Etsy. Email us. DM us. Uh, our DMs are wide open on everything. So there's plenty of avenues to contact us. If you have a recommendation, an angry letter, you want a $5 Timmy's gift card, you, you need to send proof of Canadian residency. I'm not just going to give you Timmy's gift cards, you heathens. Wow. I need to know that you're an honest and true Canadian.
0: They can't send you their address. That's weird.
1: Listen, just I I don't I don't know. Tell me Chris Jericho's middle name. Or or recite the national anthem to me. Something that'll make you believe you're Canadian. Oh god. Actually, what is Chris Jericho's middle name? <laughs> Chris, if you're listening.
0: What's your middle name?
1: Also, I'm just gonna give you a five dollar Timmy's card. Also, Chris, come on the podcast. Like, you and I got similar tastes, buddy. Alright, so yeah, that's that's gonna do it. I think i rambled on long enough at the end of this podcast.
0: This cat's about to mess me up.
1: Well then, let's wrap this up before that happens. So, that's our story and we're sticking to it. Uh, until next time.
0: Stay spooky.
1: Bye-bye.